1: Welcome, I'm Tom Laurie, and I will be your host today. Thank you for joining us. Our guest mentor this week is a boy with a big dream, Horst Schultz. At the age of five, Horst of dreaming, worked of dreaming in a hotel and the rest is history. He went on to become the founding president and CEO of one of the foremost hotel brands in the hospitality in- industry, the Ritz-Carlton. Under his legendary leadership, Ritz-Carlton became the first and only hotel group, to win the Malcolm Aldridge Quality Award, and they won it twice. He has since founded Capella Hotel Group with hotels in Europe and Asia, which raises the bar again in hospitality and offers an ultra-luxury guest experience. He is the co-author with Dean Merrill of Excellence Wins, a no-nonsense guide to becoming the best in the world of compromise. Please join me in welcoming... Horst, who is speaking to us from Atlanta, where he lives with his wife Sherry. Horst, let's get started. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> well, what so? For, what happened to you to make you?
2: Well, uh, I, I, we are all—all all of us are the, the the influence of many people that we encounter through our lives. Hopefully, they're good people. I think uh, at the most, I was very lucky. Uh, when I left home and started the hotel business, I was, of course, before that impacted by my my parents and neighbors and so on. And then when I left home, I came to a hotel. I lived away from home, by the way. I lived in a dorm room in that hotel about 100 kilometers away from home when I was 14. And there was a middle that greatly impacted me. And in fact, the first day when I came to work with team, there were a couple of other kids that started at the same time. He told us now, from now on, do not come to work here. Come to create something excellent. Now that went over my head at the time, but he kept that theme alive. And he was a human being and a person of excellence and showed what it meant. We had a great role model. That and other impacts in, in, in life um, created who I am. Obviously, that happens to all of us. We're impacted by many people, hopefully by the right people.
1: And you you started, as I recall, uh, being working in a hotel was is about as good as working as a garbage collector. So it was quite unusual in terms of what you chose as uh, fulfilling your dream. But you got started as a busboy and a dishwasher, and then you moved on to uh, creating or uh, working in the hotels. And through that, what is it that you saw? What is it that you experienced that you felt you should improve on uh, with uh, what you did with uh, the Ritz? Well,
2: in, in a way I didn't improve. My mentor in my mind was always that particular d who, who absolutely was exceptional what he did. In fact, I I suddenly realized after working there for two years or so, uh, I realized uh, that when he went to a table, even though we were told that the guests are very important, they're fine, ladies and gentlemen. We are not important. We all are servants. And all of a sudden I realized when he went to a table, the guests were proud that he came to the table. The guests thought he was the most important person in the room. So suddenly I realized, wait a minute, we define ourselves, we can define ourselves as ladies and gentlemen, or we sentence ourselves as servants. Or or by if we are excellent, we define ourselves as ladies and gentlemen. And that was the impact that I had. And so I took that with me. And when I went, and and then of course, worked in, in the finest place in Europe, came to the United States, worked for Hilton Hyatt, and started my own hotel company. And I went back to his philosophy of excellence and said, that's what I'm going to implement here I'm now creating a new company Uh, when we when I joined we didn't have a hotel we had two hotels in construction and I thought I'm going to implement his philosophy of service of caring for people that was the key thing that that matter he didn't concentrate on making money he concentrated on the things that make money and that is customers he concentrated on creating excellence, what he was doing, and creating with it, created a lot of profit for the hotel and for the, for the restaurants. So uh, that was very so clear to me, and I just went and said, I will, from now on, concentrate on what we do, and what creates money, what makes money, rather than on the money itself. And, and, and invited all people with it, and, and aligned every employee behind it, had set a great vision for everybody, a purpose. I didn't hire people to join me to work. I hired people for the purpose of the organization to become the finest in the world. But I told them the motive is to grow so everybody has opportunity, to be respected so everybody is respected to define ourselves as the finest in our industry. And that's why I hired people. So it's all, is what I learned from him and frankly some others on the way that of course he was in the meantime had passed away many, many years ago and many other people that influenced me, but all with the same final purpose of being excellent in what they're doing.
1: Now you coined the phrase, ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, which uh, it's really, uh, I think, sounds like it just captures exactly what you're doing. Now you did this when you were younger, when you were in school, and Uh, it was an essay that got you an A, right? Exactly.
2: That was working for this metadata at the time. I went to typical German upbringing, 14 years old, 15, 16, 17, working there. Once a week you go to school, and uh, the, the teacher asked us to write an essay of three, three pages, and I went back and decided to write about this metro d', and our, the, our, our opportunity as an individual to define ourselves as ladies and gentlemen. So I wrote, we are ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. Unless we sentence ourselves to, to, be, to be servants, meaning not doing well what we're doing. So... And that, that essay got me an A, and what happened to be the only A I ever had, not before <laughs> or after. So it impacted me greatly. So I made it the motto of Rich carlton when we started that company. And I told every employee, don't join me as a servant in this business. Yes, we are in a service business, but we are ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen with excellence and caring. That, that defines us then as ladies and gentlemen and not as servants. And that's what's kind of... uh, We we didn't hire anybody without explaining that very, very careful, that we are not servants. Ladies and gentlemen, if we do what we do with excellence...
1: Well, we're we're going to move to break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with the legendary co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton, Horst Schultz, and pull the curtain back on what it took to build the Ritz-Carlton into the iconic brand it is today.
3: Hey professional business women, I know how busy your life is to look your best. Nails matter. The good news is I can save you a lot of nasty chemical smelling nail salon time. Just imagine, a perfect manicure in just minutes at home, even while watching TV. No dry time, no smudges, no streaks and your new manicure will last up to 10 days, often longer. I'm talking about 100% real nail polish. Yes, real nail polish, including top and base coat, all in one, that can gently be stretched for a perfect custom fit. Gorgeous, vibrant colors, soft pastels, gentle glitter, or can't-miss designs and nail art. You have options. For about $12 a set, you can even get some free. Choose your colors or designs. Receive them in about three days. Done. Everything you need is included. Polish easily removes and does not damage nails. Check it out. Nails4me.com. Nails, the number four, M E.com. That's Nails4me.com.
4: Do you have occasional gastrointestinal symptoms like bloating or irregularity? Would you like to participate in a research study exploring a natural way of improving gastrointestinal symptoms and changing your microbiome? Metagenics uses natural nutritional supplementation to help you live well. Metagenics Internationally Recognized Research Center in Gig Harbor is recruiting participants for a clinical trial on how a natural product may affect your microbiome and affect your gastrointestinal health. Visit the Personalized Lifestyle Medicine Center by Metagenics webpage at ImprovedGI.com. That's ImprovedGI.com or call 253-853-7233. 253-853-7233 to see if you qualify for this study. Qualified participants will receive compensation for time and travel. Please visit improvegi.com or call 253-853-7233. Once again, that's improvegi.com or call 253-853-7233. And now...
0: Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie with today's guest mentor, Horst Schultz, the founding president and COO of Ritz-Carlton, who who created a customer-centric service culture based on ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Horst, tell us about how you got? How you started Ritz Carlton? You'd been through a lot of properties. You'd been yeah, with Holland yeah. Cruise Lines. It sounds like you were running away from somebody who's trying to catch you, but then you landed yeah. at you were landed at the Ritz Carlton. Tell us about how that happened. Yeah.
2: Well, I was I was working actually the last ten ten years before that for Hyatt and did a, a great career with Hyatt, over, which is a great company, and then joined these people that had two hotels in construction, no name, two hotels in construction and wanted to have their own develop, uh, own operations company. They were developers and, and financial people. They wanted to have their own operations, and they invited me to become the one that runs the operations of that new company. I joined a, year, a little bit over a year later. We opened our first hotel, and I joined with, it, with the dream of creating the finest hotel company in the world. In the process of it, we were able to buy a hotel that was terribly dilapidated, in Boston but in a great location that was called Ritz Carlton which we took the name because it was registered which is not easy to do to find a name that's not registered somewhere in the world so we, found, we took that name and uh, yes. in, in a year, a little bit after a year mid-joining we opened our first hotel, we closed that hotel in in, in Boston and renovated it for the next two years or so We. Uh, we re- we opened our first hotel here in Atlanta, and the whole idea was I hired everybody hired and said, "Here, don't join me. Join me to create the finest hotel companies in the world, uh, company in the world, and the finest brand." And people laughed at me. said, well, wait, we don't even have a hotel. It doesn't matter. That's the purpose of our company. That's the purpose to come to work every day, and that's what we're going to do. So, how? Well, we simply looked. What does this? And I want to be top market. So we simply started, what does this top market want? What do they expect in a in hotel stay? We had several studies we made, and we determined about 20 things that we had to do superior to the competition if I wanted to be the leader in the world. And we started those 20 and, things. And what were some
1: of those 20 things? Just not all of them, but oh. give us an idea of what, what they were.
2: Well, for example, when a guest had a problem, to not to to be excellent in problem resolution, to not say when the guest complains and said I had a problem with my with my TV and says that to the waiter in the morning, so the waiter doesn't say, oh, well, sorry, but uh, I will let them know, or or it's not my problem, or that always happens, but that the waiter would say please forgive me, I feel so bad, I will buy breakfast for you. Problem resolution. The guest wants great problem resolution. We started, for example, that 96% of the complaints that ever happen, that people want to get rid of their frustration. So I had to empower my employees to make amends. And and 96%... They, all they want to do is get rid of the frustration and what do we say often I call the manager they don't want a manager they want to get rid of their frustration and whomever they tell they want them to say please forgive me I'm sorry in that moment they're rid of their frustration now if an addition to make amends and says and and say something like I, I feel so bad the way I would say I buy your breakfast that immediately moves that particular guest from a potential distractor to a loyal guest that talks positive about you so this is something we taught so there are twenty points like that when a guest asks for direction for example don't point take him there they don't want somebody to point they want to actually know so you take them there and so on we looked at it. so the twenty things that happened that we need to do superior to competition and so we so, the, so you, you, when you come to work as a new employee, we don't only align you to what the company, when the company months ago, we align you to the expectation of the customer. and We teach it. The next thing we do is we take those 20 points and teach, reteach one of those points every day. Today it may be point 12, point number 12. If you guess our direction. Uh, don't point, take them there, and then use, use uh, uh, positive language as you walk with the guest. So, that's been taught today. Twenty days from now, it's going to be taught again. Every point is repeated and repeated and repeated, because those 20 points will make us so superior, and that's how we build the company. And of course, we made sure that we hired the right employee. We didn't hire, we selected employees. We created a create pro. We we studied the profile behind every job category that we had. There's about 25 in a hotel, depends on the size. And then we made sure we hired against that profile. We selected against this profile. That was a major, made a major difference. The next thing, as I said, we didn't put them to work when they came to work. We taught them the thinking of the company, and we aligned them. And then we followed up with teaching those points that we taught all the time. So that's how we built and organized and structured the organization. And everything was customer-centric. It's about the customer, and it is about the employee. And that's what I try to dissect in, the, in, the, in, the, in my book there. It is a, know what the market wants, know how to manage, how to select and teach the employee, and and be be a good leader. Know how to be a leader and what it means to be a leader. So That's kind of what what we do, what we did building the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company. This is this
1: is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Our guest mentor today is legendary co-founder of the Ritz Carlton. And we're talking about excellence and becoming the best in the world of compromise. So you built um, the Ritz-Carlton, and you had uh, – I think it's important for you to let our audience know, what were the four key objectives re- regarding the customer? And you list those in your book. Uh,
2: there was, it was very clearly understood. The key objective is, number one, whatever you do, you keep the customer. Everything we do, we don't check people in. During the check-in, you are there to convince the guest to want to come back. Number one objective, keep the customer. And then, of course, there's objective number two, three, and four, but they cannot interfere with number one. Objective number four is find new customers. Objective number three, get as much money from the customers as you can, but without losing them. Without losing them, otherwise you give value. And objective number four is, Work
1: efficiently. And when you talked about the uh, frustration and uh, the employees and everything, I know you did something extremely unusual in that you have given your employees or gave your employees the opportunity to spend up to $2,000 to solve a a customer's problem or resolve the resolution. And a friend of mine, Carmen Gallo, who wrote Five Stars, Writes about a story where somebody had lost their computer at a hotel. I think in Hawaii or maybe in California.
2: No, uh, in, uh, in that, I think that's the uh, that happened in Atlanta. Oh, when the maid took it up, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, and I guess he the the employee actually flew and delivered it, hand delivered yeah, it to yeah. the uh, customer. Yeah,
3: that's
1: right. Because it was so important, it had important information on it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm. I'm... Yeah, it
2: was, it was a very important, but the customer called and was absolutely distraught and said, to "My, oh my goodness, I must have it next tomorrow." And and and, and was connected to it was connected to housekeeping. Got the got the maid who had it, and the maid then said, "You will have it," and and didn't ask. Went right up and and, and flew it to them, the, and the, the gentleman. Yeah, yeah. And the other the other great story that I always I just loved so much because it created unbelievable uh attention was uh, when uh, when uh, honeymoon couple he lost his ring on the beach in 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 in, in Cancun and uh the four beach attendants after they closed the beach in the evening went and bought four metal detect detectors. They didn't go and ask, they just they they found the ring in the sand. Uh can you imagine uh what would have happened if they would if they would have gone to the manager to huh. ask for permission. The manager would say, you won't find it anyway, or buy one metal detector. They decided we buy four. They have the right to do that. And they bought four in found the Foundering, which gave us millions of advertising, millions of dollars of advertising, because he, that gentleman called every newspaper, radio stations, and so on, and told his story about the Ritz-Carlton.
1: We're going to be right back with Horace Schultz, the legendary founder of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Group. This is Tom Laurie and this is the Mentors Radio.
5: Are you concerned with the state of health care in America? You're not alone. Millions struggle with making a decision with their health insurance. But what if God provided another way? A way to touch the lives of other Christians by providing for their medical needs in a loving, scriptural way. Join the hundreds of thousands of believers all across America who are sharing each other's medical needs like these friends.
4: I would never want to support any organization that is contrary to my faith. Samaritan Ministries allows us to control our own destiny, so to speak, in regards to taking care of our family.
0: When we had our first need, we start receiving notes, and people are praying for you, and the amount of support that we got through that was was incredible. It's like the, the body of Christ is all over, and they're reaching out, and they have no clue who we are, but they genuinely care about us.
5: If you'd like to become part of a growing community of Christians who are sharing each other's medical needs each month, visit
4: us at SamaritanMinistries.org mentors. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash mentors. Do you have occasional gastrointestinal symptoms like bloating or irregularity? Would you like to participate in a research study exploring a natural way of improving gastrointestinal symptoms and changing your microbiome? Metagenics uses natural nutritional supplementation to help you live well. Metagenics Internationally Recognized Research Center in Gig Harbor is recruiting participants for a clinical trial on how a natural product may affect your microbiome and affect your gastrointestinal health. Visit the Personalized Lifestyle Medicine Center by Metagenics webpage at improvedgi.com. That's improvedgi.com or call 253 853 253-853-7233, to see if you qualify for this study. Qualified participants will receive compensation for time and travel. Please visit improvegi.com, or call 253-853-7233. Once again, that's improvegi.com, or call 253-853-7233.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie with today's guest mentor, Horst Schultz, legendary founder of the Ritz-Carlton, which under his leadership won two Malcolm Baldrige Awards. Now, in building a company, did you... Go out and get financing, or did you use loans? How did you finance when you when no. you bought the property no. in Boston and two years of renovation? You had to have some capital up front. So where did that come from?
2: Well, well here, no, here's the good thing for me. That was uh, that was not my my thing. We understand hotel companies don't own hotels; we manage hotels. So we have owners who invest in hotels. We took, take the hotel and a very long contract for a fee and put our name on it and manage them. So real estate was not in our position. In fact, we tried to avoid all this. All hotel companies do that. You may buy a hotel for a strategic reason to be in a specific location, and, but that, once you have it, you try to sell it again and with the contract that you manage it. So it's, it was different for us, yeah.
1: Along the way, though, did you have investors?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And how did
1: you manage them?
2: Well, <laughs> well, or not? That is, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, is a, a mixed situation. Sure, we have an have investor. In fact, our first investor owned, owned several hotels. That was the first that was our non-invest investor. But Ritz Carlton didn't own a hotel, but the investor. So I was, of course, tr- very much involved, and uh, every day, and 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 saying, okay, we need more money, <laughs> and the investors, in particularly when they developers and uh, have huge investments, and and uh, so, uh, because he was he at the same time was the owner of our of our company, you know, and in the beginning, when you buy a build a company, like ours, we had to have an infrastructure and offices, uh, and people uh, for each division. Otherwise, we had nothing to sell to potential hotel owners. So our our cost was higher than our income in the beginning years, of course.
1: And when you uh, left uh, the Ritz-Carlton, how many properties did you – and and as I remember, it wasn't just the Ritz-Carlton, but you bought some other brands as well, right?
2: Yeah, We, we, we had some other names that we were involved with and uh, – I don't know I, I couldn't even tell you how many we had at the moment when I left but altogether we op- I opened over 50 because some of them came and left and then we had some we also had some clubs that we managed and so on and of course some contracts we lost in the in the process of of it but I opened 55 hotels
1: Now you also uh, you also mentioned that uh you made a move from Chicago down to Atlanta, and the company was not in good shape. Let's talk uh, for a minute about the near-death experiences that you went through building uh, the Ritz-Carlton. What's the most memorable near-death experience? <laughs> well,
2: you, you see again, it was the, our unique situation to have a developer as an owner coming in the first, in fact, the first two years, I thought every, I thought every day we're not going to make it. Uh, I thought the first two years. Like when I came to work, I was wondering if when I go home in the evening, if we're still in business. And you know, and and then, of course, and then in between, when the when the when the uh, when the owners in, invested and and uh, and ran over. Here's here's one. We went to hotel. In a, we did the hotel again strategically. We did it in in Los Angeles, Marina del Rey, and our owner guaranteed the finishing, and the cost. And we had an overrun of over $30 million. Simultaneously, we did the same thing in a couple of other places, and we were sitting that year with overruns. He, he guaranteed it. With overruns of of tram- so traumatic that we were in serious trouble and were nearly out of business. So, you know, with, with, it, it, the interesting thing is when people look back now with me and we... We we talk about everybody. Everybody remembers that everything was perfect. Everything yeah. went through. Yeah. Well, you know, I went to work and and wonder, am I? How do we have by tonight? Do we still have a company? You know, and, and when you when you when everybody looks back, looks back now, it was all rah rah. Well, it wasn't. Believe me, it wasn't.
1: Uh, this is Tom Laurie You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Our guest mentor today is legendary co-founder of the Ritz Carlton, and we're talking about how caring for people over anything else will propel you to excellence and profit. So when you had those tough times, uh, the, what I call the near-death experiences, what, what were the resources that you drew on to get you through that personally?
2: Well, I, I, well, that's a very personal. I happen to be somebody that, that is intensely focused on my, my vision that I set. I set the vision, I, when I, when I set the vision for its Carlton, before, it, before I even joined the people, I set the vision, if I would join, here's what I would do. And that was, I will join the finest hotel company in the world, in fact, the finest brand in the world, and I will not rest until that is done. So I keep focused on that, and once I am there, the next thing I do as a leader, a question, is my dream that I have here, would that be good for all concerned? That means, would that be good for the investor? Would that be good for the customers? Would that be good for every employee and would it be good for society at large and once and in this case, I could give a clear and resounding yes, this would be great in fact for everybody in this moment i had I committed and I couldn't compromise anymore I even in setbacks, I had to go back to work and say, that's why I'm going to work, to create the finest, and I'm going to try, and I have a responsibility to try, for all concerned, no matter where we are right now, and work through it. So it is the constant commitment and focus in working through it, no matter where you are.
1: What would you tell that uh, 14-year-old that left home to get into the hotel business, what would you tell that 14 year old today.
2: Really? <laughs> I said, would you really want to do that? Well, no. Well, I <laughs> must say, I enjoyed every day of it in many ways. Of course, not in the moment sometimes when you had a setback, but I enjoyed the, 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 the competitive nature of our business. I enjoyed the global nature of our business. I enjoyed, global, enjoyed the people that I worked with immensely i had a I had a saying, Tom, I go to work for two reasons: one is creating excellence, and the other is to be with my friends, all of the people I work with if they if they like it or not, they're my friends, and I enjoy being with them and I enjoy helping them and I saw myself as the support system of everybody that works in every hotel and and i had a had a good time doing that and of and of course we Besides the setbacks, let's face it, there was a lot of applause. There was a lot of uh, successes and and, and and success for all my, my, today, even today Tom, and, and if a rich company employee looks for a job and a hundred other people imp- applying, that employee gets the job because of the image that we created of because of the recognition that we created.
1: Well, hold on to that thought, and we're going to come right back with Horace Schultz, the founding president and COO of the Ritz-Carlton and author of Excellence Wins, A No-Nonsense Guide to Becoming the Best in a World of Compromise. If you have any questions or feedback, call anytime at 844-810-8255. That is 844-810-TALK. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio.
6: We want you to be the first to know about an upcoming virtual conference on principled entrepreneurship entitled Ethical Management and Faith in an Era of Woke Capitalism to be held October 13th and 14th. You'll learn what is woke capitalism, what does it mean, and what if anything does it have to do with ethical business management? What role can faith play in management? Speakers include Bill Mumma, President of the Beckett Fund, Dr. Vincent Munoz, Associate Professor of Law in Tocqueville, Religion and Public Life at UND, and Stephen Off, Chief Investment Officer of Federated Global Equities and Vice President of Federated Investors. To learn more, go to OctoberConference.com. That's OctoberConference.com. Be inspired. Learn. Sign up now for Ethical Management and Faith in an Era of Woke Capitalism, a virtual event. But you must register. Go to OctoberConference.com. That's OctoberConference.com. Are you concerned with the state of health care in America?
5: You're not alone. Millions struggle with making a decision with their health insurance. But what if God provided another way? A way to touch the lives of other Christians by providing for their medical needs in a loving, scriptural way. Join the hundreds of thousands of believers all across America who are sharing each other's medical needs like these friends.
4: I would never want to support any organization that is contrary to my faith. Samaritan Ministries allows us to control our own destiny, so to speak, in regards to taking care of our family.
0: When we had our first need, we start receiving notes and people are praying for you. The amount of support that we got through that was was incredible. It's like the, the body of Christ is all over and they're reaching out and they have no clue who we are, but they genuinely care about us.
5: If you'd like to become part of a growing community of Christians who are sharing each other's medical needs each month, visit us at org slash mentors. That's
0: org slash mentors. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your
1: thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie with today's guest mentor, Horst Schultz, the founding president and COO of Ritz-Carlton. And the author of "Excellent Excellence Wins: A No Nonsense Guide to Becoming the Best in the World." Now, when you think back on all those, was there ever a time in the um, growth of Ritz-Carlton that you wanted to quit?
2: No, I actually, I, I didn't. Well, I, I had moments, particularly. When when I, I I was at one time I was uh, I had a personal issue with people. I had uh, had cancer and, and I was in, in a in a pretty serious way and I was questioning myself Do I want to quit and the next year and enjoy my life and I realized that the most I enjoy in life I don't uh, my fun in life is running hotels so I didn't quit but and and then I finally quit not because because the painting was painted. It was just simply done. The company was set in what it should be. And in the meantime, I was traveling 250 days a year. And my wife said, it's really enough. And so I finally decided after 19 years since creating the company, I I, I left. In the meantime, we had become a global company. In fact, we were voted best brand in the world, and, and so on, and number one hotel company in the world. It was the success that I had dreamt, that we accomplished, that we we enjoyed in many ways, that we had pain getting there many, many times, but we enjoyed it a lot. And many people were very successful as a result of it. And so I I finally quit after 19 plus years.
1: Well, you kind of quit. Because you went off and started another company. Tell us a little bit about uh, the ultra-luxury segment of the market and what you're doing there and raising the bar.
2: Yeah, well, uh, Tom, yeah, it was kind of a silly thing in the way. I quit on and on I left and moved out of my office and tears a little bit. Goodbye, and there was my friends and fine people and great company. And a good memory, I left and went home and on a Friday and on a Monday I said to my wife, I'm going to do it one more time. and i want to do in a small way because in the meantime there was the the, uh, the, there was something happening in the industry that the luxury market was splitting into affordable and into ultra luxury so i want to create a few ultra luxury companies which i did capella hotel company you may recall may have seen uh trump meeting with kim in singapore that was in a capella hotel Ah. uh, that is we have smaller hotel ultra luxury no big conventions just for individuals where you take care of the guests with anything they want as long as legal or ethical we do it and that's what we did after that and in in the meantime by the way I sold the company I'm still of course connected with them but I sold the company and I do consulting now so that is my life Uh, but uh, I, I kind of how we build those companies and and the whole part of I kind of just dissect very careful in the in, in the in the book. And the book is of course around the customer. How how do we know what the customer wants and how to and how do we lead people? So it's all people to do what the customer wants in a in a willing happy way, and that's of course leadership. And so it's about leadership. And I hope that young people read it also because. It also is about that you, no matter what in life, you define yourself mostly in, in work. It's not, you don't define yourself when you sit at home watching TV or play your computer games. You define yourself when you go to work to a great extent. And, and, and I want to give that message to young people at the same time while I'm teaching what we did uh, in ritz and in Capella, extremely successful. You know, Tom, the the exciting thing about Ritz-Carlton was not that we did that as a company. We had 55 hotels in in many countries, in four continents. And in each hotel, verifiably, you can verify that, we were number one. Each hotel, and each hotel is a different business owned by different people. So uh, we were able to transfer what what we learned into many cultures and many places and successfully, extremely successfully, everywhere.
1: This is Tom Laurie You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Our guest mentor today is legendary co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton, Horst Schultz. You mentioned uh, about the young people and uh, how they define themselves, and there's a great line that I love. Uh, as you and I talked previously is that I run a program out here for people that have lost their jobs, and we've been running it since 2001 with the dot-com crash. We've helped about 6,000 people. And one of the things that we emphasize with everybody is that um, either you define yourself or somebody else is going to define you. Uh, so you have to be proactive. Uh, and this is, I think, the message that you're saying as well, is get off your butt and go out and define yourself and who you are. That's You become your own brand.
2: Yes. Absolutely, you are. You are. And people don't. People wait for somebody else to do it with them. My goodness, it's so easy. Do it yourself. Be just be nice. Work, work a little bit more. Work five minutes longer. Say friendly. yes, I'm happy to do that to your boss, and so on. And pretty soon, you're respected and honored and have successes.
1: Yep. Now, what do you think your gifts and talents are uh, that you bring to the table when you walk into a but room?
2: In, in a way, we, we touch on that. I have. I have. Uh, un, unquestionable focus. Of course, I know my business. I'm in it since I'm 14 years old, and I, I know it, I can smell it, I know it in, in the business, but at the same time, I keep, I, I establish vision, clearly understand, establish where do I want to go, and then I keep focus on it. I don't find excuses, I don't allow myself to find excuses why it cannot be done. Even as we discussed earlier, even I setbacks, I go right back and say, my focus is to create the finest in the world, and that will happen. And I, I don't give up. I'm, I'm I'm kind of relentless with myself on it.
1: And what is it? I mean, I know you love the hotel business, but what in particular as you think through a day that you love the most about your day and what you're doing? Oh,
2: I, I I tell you, the, the greatest fulfillment for me was when I opened the hotel or when I visited a hotel and went, walked walk through and talk to the employees. That was the greatest fulfillment going around. Because, you know, I, I walk through the hotel and I sit them washing dishes, cooking food and so on. I have done that before. I can connect with them immediately. And as I said, I go to work to be with my friends. I don't go to work. It's not they and them. It's my friends, the employees. That doesn't mean I barbecue with them in the kitchen or in, in the office. But I respect them and like them and care for them and glad to see them. And, and that, that is, of course, uh, because they know that I have done their job. They can relate to me.
1: And are you much of a reader?
2: Um, yeah, well, yeah, but uh, not necessarily business. I, I kind of, what, what I enjoy mostly really is the philosophers, the thinkers of the past. Because I'm fascinated with people who, in their time, in their time, Thoughts different than anybody else,
1: and who, who, what, what book, and uh, ins- what books inspired you? Do inspire you when you're talking about philosophy?
2: Well, okay, well, all of them. If it's the ancient philosopher, if it is, it is Aristotle or Plato or, or Socrates, who never wrote anything, everybody wrote about him, but and uh, or or Kant or. Uh, or and so on, or even Nietzsche uh, people are kind of complain about what Nietzsche thinks, but I think he what he fabulous. what you think and he predicted very much our our world today, and he was right on right on if you look at it, and of course, I like other thinkers uh, that that were different uh, for example wilberforce who who, uh-huh. who was the only one who voted against slavery, the only one the only one and not only once for years i mean what what kind of thinking? What? Where did this different, totally different thinking come from? then in society, including the philosophers, uh, Kierkegaard. Uh, when uh, the simplicity of Kierkegaard in one hand and his belief and so on. And, and why did they think so different?
1: Well, when we when we come back, we're gonna. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna continue our conversation with Horst Schultz, and we're going He's gonna share with us a life changing event that occurred twenty years ago. You can like us on Facebook at thementorsradio.com. You will find all of our show notes and links at thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio.
3: Hey, professional business women, I know how busy your life is. To look your best, nails matter. The good news is, I can save you a lot of nasty, chemical smelling nail salon time. Just imagine a perfect manicure in just minutes at home, even while watching TV. No dry time, no smudges, no streaks, and your new manicure will last up to 10 days, often longer. I'm talking about 100% real nail polish. Yes, real nail polish, including top and base coat, all in one, that can gently be stretched for a perfect custom fit. Gorgeous, vibrant colors, soft pastels, gentle glitter, or can't miss designs and nail art. You have options. For about $12 a set, you can even get some free. Choose your colors or designs, receive them in about three days. Done. Everything you need is included. Polish easily removes and does not damage nails. Check it out. Nailsforme.com. Nails, the number four M E.com. That's nailsforme.com.
4: Do you have occasional gastrointestinal symptoms like bloating or irregularity? Would you like to participate in a research study exploring a natural way of improving gastrointestinal symptoms and changing your microbiome? Metagenics uses natural nutritional supplementation to help you live well. Metagenics' internationally recognized research center in Gig Harbor is recruiting participants for a clinical trial on how a natural product may affect your microbiome and affect your gastrointestinal health. Visit the Personalized Lifestyle Medicine Center by Metagenics' webpage at improvegi.com. That's ImprovedGI.com or call 253-853-7233, 253-853-7233 to see if you qualify for this study. Qualified participants will receive compensation for time and travel. Please visit ImprovedGI.com or call 253-853-7233. Once again, that's ImprovedGI.com or call 253-853-7233. We want you to be the first to know about an upcoming virtual conference on principled
6: entrepreneurship entitled Ethical Management and Faith in an Era of Woke Capitalism to be held October 13th and 14th. You'll learn what is woke capitalism, what does it mean, and what, if anything, does it have to do with ethical business management? What role can faith play in management? Speakers include Bill Muma, president of the Beckett Fund, Dr. Vincent Munoz, Associate Professor of Law in Tocqueville, Religion and Public Life at UND, and Stephen Oth, Chief Investment Officer of Federated Global Equities and Vice President of Federated Investors. To learn more, go to OctoberConference.com. That's OctoberConference.com. Be inspired. Learn. Sign up now for Ethical Management and Faith in an Era of Woke Capitalism, a virtual event. But you must register. Go to OctoberConference.com. That's octoberconference.com. And now, back to The Mentors,
0: where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today we are with Horst Schultz, the founding president and COO of the Ritz-Carlton, who created a customer service culture based on ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Horst, You sit on the board of the Cancer Research Institute. How did this come about?
2: Well, it came about because I had cancer, a very serious cancer. I was given one year to survive, or one year till it would come back as a snowstorm. That was the word everywhere. And so I went around and looked at the top names in cancer, and which was. Very disappointing to me, frankly. I, I, every time I, I went into a hospital that, that are well known, the big names, they, I I felt like I was a tumor and not a human being. And when I run into this small hospital in outside of um, of Chicago, I was seeking uh, because I have four daughters and a wife. I knew statistically one of them would have cancer, so I wanted to know who, what, where would I send them to uh, if I if I survive. So I found this cancer treatment center of American, and I thought they were thinking out of the box, out of the box, different, and I and I was invited to join their board.
1: <clears throat> and for our audience, uh, there's a great book that came out uh, last year called Breakthrough, and it's really the story of uh, doctor Coley and the work that he did in immunotherapy, which is a breakthrough treatment for cancer. And really was the roots of uh, the Cancer Research Institute. So anybody out there that has a relative or somebody that is dealing with cancer, it's a great place to go to go to their website and see what's going on. Now, when you think about all the people you've met uh, in the course of your life, what is it that you've observed that has separated those who are happy from those who are not?
2: Uh, uh I... I, and look, I'm, I, in fact, I made a little bit of a study on that. Uh, you know, you know, people, people, that are, people that are happy and content and successful that are leaders. Leaders that don't, leaders that have great visions, dream about creating excellence, and don't make excuses, and don't that, that stay away from excusing everything that happens. And lead, uh, uh, happiness is part of. Part of being connected to creating excellence is happiness and having purpose and belonging. Those are the things that are fulfilling in life. And, with other words, purpose fulfills belonging and purpose fulfills in life. So good, doing a good job is not only good for your image. It is also good to fulfill you in life and make you belonging. That, all of them that I know have purpose in life and they have a sense of belonging.
1: And we're in a culture, though, where pleasure is kind of the object of art, yeah. uh, right? See,
2: that's, that's the point. The, today, it, this whole society makes a mistake of, but they think pleasure is happiness. Pleasure is a short moment that is very defined. Going to Six Flags, going to Disney World, when you walk out, it's over. That's not happiness. That's fun and pleasure. Happiness is being fulfilled of doing great things in life no matter what it is.
1: And we also talked
2: about uh, faith, I think, through your cancer. Oh, sure. Well, for me, that is, that is extremely important. For me personally, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be me. Is, uh, I, I, have a, I have a purpose that goes beyond this life, and that's my faith. My faith that gives me strength and confidence and and, and, and again, a sense of purpose in
1: life. Well, we're going to have to cut it off there. It's really been a pleasure talking with you, Horace. We're with Horace Schultz, a co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton Group, uh, founder of the Capella Group of Ultra Luxury Hotels. He's the author of Excellence Wins, A No-Nonsense Guide to Becoming the Best in a World of Compromise. Thank you, Horace, for sharing your precious time and your insights on life and success. Remember, if you tuned in late, you can listen to this and past shows by downloading podcasts by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. Com, the mentors radio.com. When you're there, make sure you subscribe to future shows. Thank you for listening. We will be back next weekend at this time for the next edition of the mentors radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness.
0: It's been the mentors where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.